You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, biohacking, and nutrition to help you boost your cognition. My name is Eric. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, and we have an awesome episode of the podcast for you today. Before we jump into it, just a quick reminder, if you are new to the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening on your favorite podcast player, then please take a second and remember to subscribe. If you enjoy what you're listening, then leave a comment on that given platform, especially if you're listening to this in podcast form, head on over to Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, leave the podcast a five-star review because that helps us climb the ranks and bring you bigger and better content. Um, if you are someone who is into nootropics and biohacking, you're into supplementation and you want to find the best supplements on the market today, then head on over to holisticnootropics.com and download a copy of my free supplement buying guide. This is a fully comprehensive supplement buying guide that will walk you through ingredient by ingredient on how to find the best quality supplements and nootropics on the market today. Because let's face it, there is a lot of junk out there on the market. A lot of people trying to make a quick buck. The supplement industry is a hundred, a $120 billion industry, 119.9 billion of that is absolute trash and ends up in the toilet. And let's face it, when you take that stuff, it doesn't even help you in the first place. So head on over to holisticnootropics.com, get that supplement buying guide. And with that, let's jump into the podcast today with our special guest, Dr. Joseph Antoon. Dr. Joseph is a trained physician, longevity pioneer, and the CEO of L Nutra Inc., a cutting edge Nutra technology company that is the first of its kind to focus on providing people the knowledge and products to live to 110 years old old and beyond. Woo! As CEO of El Nutra, Dr. Antoon works with one of the leading global researchers in the area of longevity, Professor Walter Longo, director of the Longevity Center at USC. Together, they provide education and products to support a lifestyle that extends health span, uh, of course, years of healthy living. Dr. Joseph, welcome to the Holistic Nootropics podcast. Hey, thank you, Eric. And uh... Great introduction. You just energized me. So I'm looking forward to uh, drop a lot of information for your audience today. That's cool. Cause I'm out of breath. I'm going to pass this one over to you to carry the weight here. <laughs> I need to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dr. Joseph, um, I'm, uh, I was telling you before we jumped on um, this topic of longevity has been top of mind for me recently. I'm uh, so many questions for you about this topic. I'm so excited to get into it. I know a lot of listeners and viewers of the holistic nootropics podcast are definitely interested, uh, interested in this topic. But before we get into all that, I would love to know your origin story. How did you get into health and wellness? Why did you become a doctor? And ultimately, what brought you into this specific focus of longevity? Um, great question. When I, I, I grew up and I always felt that um, I had a lot of compassion for people who um, either had a health condition or were unfortunate in life to afford to get the best whether it's food or healthcare or housing or so I, I always felt like I had it in me to to kind of give back to society, try to help the unfortunate. I, I had a great parents, great nest at home and and always be was taught to give and, and give time and give what you have. And and then getting into, you know, post post high school, I decided to get into medicine, um, you know, wanting to help patients and, and, and with treatments and, and, and 
supposedly reverse their chronic diseases, right? And I get into medicine and, and, um, and I was a big nerd, so MD and PhD and two masters and, and, and wanted to, wanted to be, become a cardiologist and help people with uh, preventing heart attacks or reversing that. And then in my rotations at the hospital and, um, and even in the best hospitals in the world, you know, Harvard's top uh, number one is Mass General and, and, and a lot of credibility for these doctors, they're, they're seeing patients already sick, so they have to treat them with something, but the system that I was learning is, is, is basically trying to meet a person after they become sick, ask them a few questions, find out what they have, and subscribe them. Let's use a little bit of, uh, of the consumer here language. Subscribe them on a pill every day, and 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 I wish it was one pill. It was five pills, right? The cholesterol pill, the blood pressure pill, the blood glucose pill, the um, the aspirin pill. The and and none of those was reversing anything. The the the, the it's at best they were controlling the health condition, and then the patient comes back after a year and you know didn't follow. It wasn't actually even given the chance to follow a great lifestyle medicine approach. So they come back and the blood sugar is a little bit higher. So you add a little bit of another drug or you add the dose and you add cholesterol drugs. So basically, I felt that we're taking the most talented people called physicians and we're training them about how to become prescribers of drugs. And, um, and I decided to change that. So I left, um, you know, graduated, but then left and went into health policy and public health. I did Harvard and Hopkins and thinking about I should change the entire policy making of the system from uh, from going into sick care and building a, a, a prescription system into a preventive system. And then started the global career on advising different ministries of health and, and adding to that in academia, I started teaching health systems reform and, and launched a journal for health systems reform to help quickly global or, or the global economies to talk faster on health and, and not do the same mistakes again. But pushing for prevention, you get always the same answer. Every head of uh, Ministry of Health or every kind of you know, senior leader say, of course we should prevent, of course we should. And then when it comes to practicality, you just, you recommend that people eat healthy. And, and But guess what? If I'm hungry now and you put a great burger in front of me, I'm gonna eat it and say, okay, I'll diet after, right? And then you tell them not to smoke, but if you're out partying and you're having fun, you grab a cigarette. And so the, the micro incentives in life, they always win over this probabilistic future, you know, gain of one, two years of life. And people go back and they default to short term moments of joy, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, whether it's sitting on a couch rather than running or whether eating a burger. So I felt that to beat that lifestyle to be to, to to tip the balance from recommendations that are applied into into really helping people make the healthy decision you have to do two things you have to consumerize prevention you have to swap that burger with a product that it tastes good that is great but is healthy and is going to change that body and this is what i feel i'm doing today with the with the fasting and the fasting we begin diet we'll talk about that and number two you want to make the healthy choice the easy choice so a lettuce should, be, should not be more expensive than, than, than a burger. And, and when you're standing in the, in the aisle waiting for your, you know, at, at any of the grocery stores and waiting for your turn to pay, 
you should not see 60 chocolates and 60 whatever, you should see healthy stuff. So, and the gym and the walking. And so how can we make the healthy choice the easy one? Today we have the unhealthy choice, the easy one. It's easy to order food at home. We're making that easier now with Uber Eats and everything. It's easier to pick up a chocolate the last minute before you get on the aisle. And it's the cheapest thing is to go and buy a KFC or a, or a McDonald's. So, so I'm, I'm not working on that yet. I, I, I feel I work a little bit on making the easy choice, the, 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 the healthy one through my, uh, through giving back and, and, and educating few generations at University of Chicago's head of health policy. So help people think this way, financial incentives, people are, at the end of the day, you're still, you, you change your behavior if you have two things or, or three, let's say, education and awareness, financial incentive, and products and services. If these are available, you're going to go through that route. And, um, and so I contribute a little bit to that through my journal, through some of the educations, but I decided to focus on consumerizing prevention. And, um, and at that time, I was, again, a, a doctor with certain health policy knowledge. I didn't have any business knowledge. I didn't know how to develop a product. So a lot of my advisors, professors at Harvard, they asked me to, they recommended that I join the biotech industry to go and learn how you bring a product in healthcare, how you launch it, how you globalize it. And, and so I joined Lilly, um, uh, one of the top biotech companies. And, and Lilly kind of was very kind to expose me to, to different parts of the business, whether it's corporate affairs, whether it's global launches, whether it's pricing and reimbursement and discovery. And I had a very, very interesting ride uh, with the company and at the end left and built my own consulting company to go and find researchers who work on preventive products um, I always talk about this story. Um, I met um, the CEO of the Buck Institute for Research on Aging. We, we met and we were sitting over in Margarita at O'Hare Airport and he was telling me, you guys get everything wrong. I was like, what do you mean? And he's an aging researcher. For me, it was like, you know, this, this coming from mainstream medicine, this is like, the, 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 you know, what you're doing in your life, right? And he was like, if you think that cancer is different than Alzheimer's and, and Alzheimer's is different than cardiovascular disease and, and they're different than diabetes, you're wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? They're completely different system, different diseases. It's like if they were completely independent, why you don't get your first heart attack at age 20, you always get a later stage of life. Why you don't get most cancers at age 20, why you get your Alzheimer's, even if you have the APOE gene, you're not going to get it at age 22 and you're not going to, et cetera. So for him is like you, you, you age, and depending on how you age, how fast you age, this is going back to exercise and diet and nutrition, all of that. If you age in an unhealthy way, you're gonna, one of the systems will fall first. You call it Alzheimer's if it's in the brain, but by the way, if it was in the brain, a year after it would be the heart, then you call it a heart attack, but it's all the same. It's, it's how you preserve your body and it's the aging process is the biggest determinant. Biological aging is the biggest determinant of your health, you know, of, 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 of what's going to happen to your health and, which, and, and how soon you're going to have a health condition. So, so I put it together and I was like, if I find a technology that can slow down aging, we would hit the jackpot. And I started learning about aging research and longevity and what could slow down aging. And there's a lot of approaches. There's the lifestyle approach, but it's the diet, the food, the stress, the sleep, and the social capital and giving, giving and, and, and love and receiving love. And you have a lot of hundreds of billions of dollars now being thrown at a potential longevity pill and a lot of research happening on, on, on what chemical entity could come into the body and slow down aging. So at that time, 
I, um, I, I felt that my call was for nutrition because for me, it's the only pill we put in the body three times, four times, five times a day. And, and it's a safe intervention. Every pill has side effects, right? And it's, it's, it, it works on such a specific funnel within, whether it's a receptor on the cell or whatever, that it, uses, it does something and it does something else. And I felt like for aging, if you want to bring me personally a product to consume for the next 30 years, in order to add another two to three years or five years, it better be super, super safe because I don't want to risk anything on the short term. So I decided to go with nutrition, um, feeling that it's the biggest signal to the body. You put it in your mouth every day, the day you're born to the day that you die. And it's, it's safe, it, meaning it's socially acceptable to, to go through that path. And at the same time, I met Walter Longo, who was introduced to me by the Sea of the Buck Institute. And, and Walter Longo was, was just, you know, was was one of the best things that happened to my life. A, a, a guy that that's religious about science of food. He treats food like medicine. So everything he does is like lab trials and mice trials and then human trials. And and this is how they call us today the nutritech of the world, the biotech of is the nutritech of the world. And um, and he was so ethical about it. And then um, he. He donates everything he does to 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 create Cures Foundation and charities. So I found that very uh, uh, credible, ethical person. And then he discovered fasting and the value of fasting on the cell and the body and and preventing health condition and supporting people with health conditions. So um, decided to join force and come and bring everything he discovers to market. So he had founded this company called El Nutra that I'm now the CEO of. L stands for longevity dashes through nutrition is what El Nutra means. And um, we basically partner now with many universities, but the main backer, the main university backer is USC and the main science comes from Walter Longo. And we study, how can we bring fasting to the market? We have mimicked the benefits of fasting with food. And then we study if you have a health condition, what kind of food as medicine can come in and help you better manage that condition. So long answer, but I think it was uh, an interesting kind of bridge between why aging, why fasting, and how can that impact longevity? Well, I'm so glad that you you shared all that because to get to where you are now, the fact that you started off as a physician and you were going to go into cardiology, it takes, I mean, you know, it takes balls to to go through medical school. And then to look at it at the end and go, this is not what I want to do. Not because I don't love it, but because the system itself is so bad that I couldn't, I couldn't bring my most valuable self to it. And I feel like a lot of doctors struggle with that, especially right now where, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like pre-med and I'm, my plan is to go to, to uh, naturopathic medicine school and I'm going through all of these classes, organic chemistry, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, and I'm looking at all this stuff and I go, yeah, this is like really important. I'd imagine as a doctor, you have to know that, but how come every time I go to the doctor, I'm in there for six minutes, I tell them what's wrong and they have one of three pills they're going to give me. Because if that's the case, what is the point of a doctor right now? If that's all you're going to get, and that's a GP, I get it. If I go to a cardiologist, if I have a heart condition or whatever, cardiologist is probably going to say either take this statin or we need to do surgery. Okay, great. You know, again, 
you you didn't really tell me the thing to keep me out of this office. You, you just gave me a thing that you were going to do because that was, those are one of the two answers that you have. Yeah. So um, I, I think. Yeah. What you're saying is so important, actually, uh, you know, I spent years trying to figure out where is, where is the, and, and the doctor is not at fault. The doctor, the doctor will act based on credible information taught in medical school. The problem is the system was built with a lot of lobbying, with a lot of influence, where in order to be called credible, you have to go through A, B, C, D, and E, and the big bucks, you know, pharma companies would do that and play through it. Unfortunately, nutrition company, they didn't decide to go through that process. I mean, because the doctor is prescribing what was qualified based on regulatory body to be safe and effective, right? So he's doing the right job in terms of saying, look, you never showed me that this nutrition can cure cancer. You never showed me that this supplement can, you say, no, it has this ingredient, it has vitamin C, show me, show me a randomized clinical trial that if a patient has cancer, stage two breast cancer, you give them this supplement, and the other arm, you didn't give any supplement and it showed an outcome in five years. And the problem, and you said, you alluded to it is, the supplement in the nutrition industry are as complicit into this because they decided to go fast towards market and business. Nutrition companies decided to sell us sugar for 30 years and then protein for the next 30 years and now fat for the next 30 years. It's just a migration of what's a la mode to sell and, and they never cared to sit and do the really hard work of developing clean, effective nutrition. And they, they didn't want to wait 10 years to test it with the FDA. They don't want to come and say, I have a solution for you, doc, because then the doctor will prescribe it. The doctors are as frustrated as we are. And the cardiologist sitting, my colleagues sitting, looking at their patient, they know that this 55-year-old guy is, has high cholesterol because... He's stressed, he's 55, he's aging, and he has a belly, and he's uh, eating unhealthy, and they know that he can reverse that. It's just nobody taught them, no, nor armed them with credible information to do it. So it's, it's both part of the alley are It's just you have a biotech, they're doing their job of bringing, the, they're, in the, they're in the business of bringing you medicine, and they're saying, hey, you think lifestyle medicine is a solution? Go and show it. And lifestyle medicine companies are taking the fast route. They want to publish a book. They want to sell you a diet. They change the next year the, the ingredient, the year after another ingredient, and it's all based on business and revenues. And, and I think this is where we come as a first nutrition company taking the biotech route. We have, at our stage, we're just 12 years old, but we have more clinical trials on our food than, than multi-billion dollar uh, uh, big, big nutrition businesses. We're going to cross soon our 32, 32nd clinical trials. We have tens and hundreds of preclinical. This is clinical trials. And, and this is what the market needs. And, and guess what happens? Because of the clinical trials and the credibility, we have 14,000 clinics registered with us to, to, to prescribe our food in there or recommend our food in their clinics. 14,000 crossed. And we've only been six years in the market. So I think what I'm finding is a lot of doctors are hungry to do the right thing for no one. The story is like mine. No one goes to med school because they think, hey, let me pay $300,000 upfront and maybe make, you know, it's a big, it's, a, it's, a, it's not as good as an investment as in the 90s. But, uh, but I think there's a compassion to the patient. It's just 
what we get taught in med school is what is safe, proven to be safe and effective. And only a few industries took that route. The other industries decided to get, to take shortcuts for the market. And I think this is what's so exciting about this functional medicine movement, which is you're starting to see, um, first of all, you're starting to see a lot more interest amongst people who are who are sick of the sick care system. You know, um, there's a lot of people who are now on their fourth, fifth, sixth pharmaceutical drug. They've been on and off this antidepressant, that antidepressant, you know, they've been on this sat and that stat, and they're on this blood sugar thing, that blood sugar, they're on this Alzheimer's thing, that Alzheimer's thing. And at some point, a rational thinking person starts to understand this isn't working. Um, and you start to say, as long as you're living a somewhat cognizant life, and I know there's plenty of people who, who are kind of living in a daze, but at some point, I think everybody says, I don't want to do this anymore. What else is there? And, you know, I'm in this biohacking space and I had a, a guy on here who's a, he's a, he's a very popular biohacker, you know, on the, on the social media and all that stuff. And he actually said it to me in a way that made sense. He's like, biohacking makes health fun. And yeah, there's a lot of corniness to biohacking. You know, there's, it, it's a little bit of a cash grab for a lot of different companies. There's way too many supplements on the market. There's way too much marketing, but there are some things that you can get that empower you as a person to take charge of your health. Uh, personally, I think one of those things is the aura ring, the aura ring, you know, I wear it every day. And it tracks your sleep, but it tracks your heart rate at night, tracks your heart rate variability. Now they got the third generation and you can do some fitness stuff. Some people like to use the whoop strap. And I think that's also really cool. Um, these different monitors that you can wear, um, we're a lot, we're empower. And then of course, blood glucose monitors, we're starting to empower people with this really simple user experience, this, this, uh, UI, um, user interfaces that are simple to read. They almost kind of gamify the whole thing. Cause I know for me, it was a complete psychological, uh, game at this point when I got my aura ring and I, and I had my first night of drinking and then I went to bed and I saw how high my heart rate went, how bad my deep sleep was, my recovery score, my sleep, all these things. When that there's something about that number it does a psychological twist on you, and you go, yeah, maybe I'm not going to drink as much anymore. And then you and then you start applying that to food. You start applying that to bedtimes, and before you know it, you you start building these healthy habits. You know the 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 if you want the, the, they call him the father of business schools, Peter Drucker. You know he has a very famous saying: if you cannot measure, you cannot manage, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what you're hitting home on. I, actually, if even the weight loss industry, if you want to do one thing that's repeatedly shown to be the most effective to lose weight is you get a weight scale and you measure your weight every morning. When you measure, you manage. And you, what you're saying is, is I'm 100% I'm supportive of is how can we, beyond managing sickness, how can we empower every individual to manage their lifestyle, right? And, and it's it's sleep and, and stress and, and weight and and definitely these, um, the digital support like that you're mentioning is, is, will, will change a lot of things. Uh, measuring your sleep, measuring your weight, the same thing that happens in the weight industry. And nobody tells you that because they always want to go after the food. But actually, if you weigh yourself every morning, is a tip for everyone. You're going to see that the day you, you go up a little bit, like, oh, I'm going to eat less today or tomorrow. And that's the best decision you can make. Same for sleep, same for others. So definitely support what you're saying. And, and, and in that sense, the biohacking is more of a self-awareness, measuring my parameter and better managing them. Um, and, and this can be critical in lifestyle medicine moving forward. 
Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about lifestyle medicine and where fasting comes into it, because, you know, I know fasting is a, it's a very trendy topic and it's just so funny how, you know, I mean, 10 years ago, you talk about somebody about fasting and this was like, this was just only in religion. Uh, you know, this was like a thing, you know, the Jews, we did it, you know, once a year, uh, Muslims do it for a whole month, you know, and then people would do it here and there for different purposes, but nobody, nobody really did it as a thing. Like now you have fasting challenges and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, uh, really interesting research coming out about fasting and, and a lot of it is tied to longevity. Um, so maybe you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of your own personal, uh, experience with fasting and, and, and what you're seeing on your end, as far as, um, you know, the clinical trials and, and implementing this into your business. Yeah. So I want to simplify this a little bit to, to, to the audience. What, what separates fasting from any other dietary lifestyle, right? There's a lot of diets. You can go keto, you can go low carb, you can go, why fasting became so trendy. Fasting is, is, has two components that, that are so unique to fasting and, and kind of took it to become very effective and, 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 and highly adopted. The first component is that it creates fast a disbalance in calories. So, so you know, you, you, you can lose weight by, by eating a little bit less every day. When you fast, obviously, you're, you're eating nothing. So, so that disbalance gets you a fast correction. A lot of people love the fast correction. And it happens so that if you skip breakfast, that's convenient for most people going to work. That's convenient for most people who are late night eaters. They wake up in the morning. They don't have a lot of appetite. So the convenience plus the sharp calorie drop made it attractive for, at the end of the day, 73% of Americans have some level of overweight they want to get, get rid of. So for most people, it made it convenient and get, us, get, get them fast results. But the core... The core value add, what we call USP, of the unique selling point of fasting, why, why it stood up pretty fast, is the same concept of crisis. When you, and I'll compare the body fasting to, say, a CEO of a company that has a budget to run the company. So say you need $2 million to run your company, and the body needs 2,000 calories a day to operate. Let's just take, simplify the numbers a little bit. If, if I come to you, and I'm your funder, and you say, you know what, you need $2 million, I'm going to give you zero. Right. So the normal diet, the other diets will give you 1.8 million. You give it, so your bank account drops gradually. On a low calorie diet, you lose the weight gradually and you adapt to it. You have enough in the bank to adjust. When I come in and give you zero, I mean, not only your bank account is dropping by 2 million every month, but it's a big crisis. So what you're going to do, you're going to go inside your company, you're going to restructure the company. You're going to cut some of the ineffective expenditure. You're going to let some people go. You're going to optimize technology, you're going to focus on whatever sells first. So there's a lot of structure and functional change that you lead, which otherwise with another diet, if I give you 1.9 million instead of 2 million, you wouldn't have done. So that's scientifically what we call autophagy or meaning putting enough pressure on the cell to say, to sell to say, I'm not going to wait for just fat breaking down the reserves and coming little bit by little, little to me. I'm going to go and eat the inside and optimize and try to to, 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 to get by and survive with what I have. And autophagy won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2016. So that was a big declenching factor of, of making, making a, a big marketing splash behind it. People started reading and fasting was the only diet today that we know scientifically that can impact both dropping the weight fast 
and rejuvenating a cell. And, and that mixage kind of is great for healthy aging, for a longevity lifestyle, for better managing certain conditions. And, and this is what kind of fueled fasting to go pretty fast. And I think keto definitely uh, plays a role because when people started hearing about keto and this idea of sugar burning versus fat burning. Um, yes. And then I think, you know, especially in my world, it was like the ketone cognitive benefits, you know, a lot of, a lot of these like a type people. Um, and I feel this myself if, if I can get into, I, and I know I don't like measure my ketones. So I don't know if I'm technically in ketosis, but I definitely can do long stretches of like, you know, longer um, time restricted feeding windows where I don't eat. And, you know, those last like couple hours, I'm hungry, but then my brain definitely feels like it hits another gear and you kind of, it's, it's much more accessible to get into that flow state, which is really attractive. Yeah. I think keto, the two things to, to the word is, is one, it introduced ketogenesis and, and what could happen in fasting I and mean, fasting is a deeper, it's like a deeper keto uh, adoption, but but also introduced the notion of fat and healthy fat in a diet, right? I mean, before keto, it was all about protein and, and please no fat and reduce carbs. But uh, this notion of healthy fats as well, in that not all fat is bad. These are two, I think, positive externalities of the keto diet. Yeah. And, um, you know, working with someone like Dr. Walter Longo, he's famous for the fasting mimicking diet, which I'll admit, I, I read his book and I, I didn't really understand it. Um, you know, so maybe you could, you could kind of explain how that works because, you know, I know the selling point of it is that, well, it's a much, it's a much more accessible way for people to get the benefits of fasting without doing the, the hard fasting. And I think that's definitely appealing, but, um, I don't really understand the science behind it. So maybe you could, you could break that down a little bit. Yeah. So, so why to with food and how is, is, or, or fasting mimicking diet is, is, Two reasons and two, two, if you want approaches to this, is a lot of people, when you tell them, are you doing fasting, say, yeah, I'm doing the 16-8, which basically they're skipping breakfast, they're prolonging the overnight fast by four hours, so they're, they're staying 16 hours without food. And, and if you ask them why they're doing this, a lot of them would tell you, I'm, I'm controlling my weight, but also I think I want to I rejuvenate my cells and live longer, and it's called autophagy, etc. The problem is, going back to credibility versus and, and, and randomized clinical science is, is there's no article showing that at hour 16 in humans, there's autophagy happening, right? And, 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 and actually there will never be one hour because we're different, right? If you're, if you're very thin, very fit, you don't have any reserve and you run the, in the morning time, you're gonna get into autophagy. You created such a big demand for calories. You don't have any fat reserve and you have a very high metabolic rate. So the, the cells goes into crisis very fast. It's like the company that has no money in the bank and is burning fast. The, the CEO has to, re, has, to re, has to quickly fix the, 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 the function of the cell. Now, most people are getting a little bit of weight. They're not super runners in the morning. And, and so I don't know if most people are even touching an autophagy in hour 16. And maybe they need 24 hours. Maybe they need two days, etc. So the science of the fasting mimicking diet Dr. Longway, again, going back, being he approaches like pharma every nutrition topic. He did mice trials, then human trials. And a lot of it is showing that you need several days of fasting to be able to induce 
deep metabolic effects, meaning lose the right level of weight, allow the adjustments and everything positive coming from that, and to also impact the cells in the rejuvenation. And ideally, it was three to five days, and nobody's going to go on water fast. I mean, there are very, very few people that can do it. And it's unsafe also for most if you want to still operate or go to work and, and, and or do some level of exercise or driving or whatever daily activities. So it was the National Institute of Health seeing the major benefits of the prolonged period of fasting in mice. And it, it was a lot of benefits on, on at that level that they say, well, we'd be happy to sponsor you to develop the fasting mimicking diet. Can you feed people over five days while keeping the signals of fasting in the body? And, and it's an oxymoron, it? like how, how you're able to do that. So that's part two, I'll get into the ingredients and how to do that. But the need to fast with food comes from the fact that when you prolong your fast, you get the true cellular and metabolic benefits. It's not the 60, 16 hours of great balancing act of weight, which has a lot of benefits, downstream benefits. The cellular autophagy, maybe very few people will get some. Again, if they have very need for calories in the morning and the exercise and have high metabolic rate and don't have enough, enough fat to, to quickly burn it. Um, so the need to fast with food was a safety and efficacy to help people go four to five days of fast and get the cellular and metabolic benefits. Now, how you, how you feed people and you keep them in a fasting mode. So a cell, a cell detects two, two out of the macronutrients. So we have three macronutrients. You have fat, you have carbs, and you have proteins. Fat is not a signal to a cell of macronutrient. The two signals to a cell that there's enough nutrition are actually the proteins, and, our, and the carbs. And there are some hormones that get produced like insulin is like growth factor that also impacts the signal. So the fasting mimicking diet is actually high in good fat, which the cell would not recognize, and is low in carbs, in, but not super low. It's not as low as the ketogenic diet, and we're gonna talk about that. It's low in carbs, but it's specific complex carb that we study to, to, for you to consume, and then when spread around the cells of the body, they don't feed enough a cell to say, okay, I'm satisfied, I'm fully satisfied. And the same with amino acids and the proteins. We have specific, we study every amino acid, what spikes IGF, what spikes insulin from the carb level, and how to find the right sequences in nature that you can give at the right time of the day with the right absorption level, with the right mixage to get to the cell, feed the cell without the cell feeling that it's satisfied. So to simplify all that, because it's like 77 ingredients, the fasting of it is 77 ingredients, 371 patents now filed globally, and a lot of complexity about how to achieve a very healthy, you know, plant-based uh, nutrition over five days and still be fasting. But to summarize it, going back to that CEO who needs $2 million a month to operate, if I give him 600,000 instead of 2 million, and I earmark the 600,000 to paying salaries of the staff and ordering the supply to survive the next month, and I keep him hungry on what he needs to, what he needs to adjust, he's gonna go and adjust the other parts of the company. And that's the goal of the fasting mimicking diet, is to fund, fund meaning nourish your body and make it safe and compliant while keeping the pressure on the cell to go and rejuvenate. So with this diet, um, can you give some examples of some foods that, you know, and the times of day, and I guess for lack of a better word, the dosing that you would do of this? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we provided already formulated as, as the product in the market is called Prolon. I don't know if you're familiar with our, uh, with the product, but Prolon is a five days. It's a box that comes to you and, and yeah, it's, it, it, has, it contains five different boxes. Each one is your food for the day. 
And the format is a morning bar. It's called the fast bar, which also exists in retail. And in the core, the backbone of it is uh, high-end nuts, the macadamia nuts, the pecan nuts, plus proteins coupled with proteins and coupled with specific carbs and specific nutrients, micronutrients. And then you have at lunch, you get your crackers and your soup and your olives. And then you have a snack afterwards, a sugar crisp snack, and you have your dinner, which is a soup and some crackers and olive at night. So you feel like you're eating a breakfast bar. It's a fast bar. Uh, we even have that in retail. Uh, and we have randomized clinical trials showing that if you consume the bar, your blood glucose and your blood ketones are equal as to water fast, fully published in, in nutrients. If you want to look it up, uh, the top nutrition journal called Nutrients. We show you that if you consume the bar or you, or you stay on water, you have the same ketones level, no statistical significance on, on it, and the same glucose the next day. Um, and, then so, and then you have your lunch and your dinner, um, but it's not like a, a DYI thing you can do at home. Again, it's 77 ingredients and very well produced in time. So that mm. if, if you go over on, on such an ingredients, your body will recognize the food and will go off fasting. And then it becomes a very low calorie diet. Um, so, so yeah, that's the science of precision nutrition. So do you deal then with any people who might have like allergies to some of these foods or might have any kind of sensitivities? I know people, um, you know, can be, can have some issues with things like nuts and certain vegetables and things like that. Yeah. Unfortunately today we don't have a nut free version. And before you buy Prolon, there's a questionnaire. You kind of have to take that. You don't have allergies to the main ingredients. So Today, uh, we don't have a nut-free, and, and why not? It, it's easy to go back in the market and put a nut-free version, but we're a biotech company of food, Nutritech, we'll go back and we have to do all the studies again if you want to go with it. And, um, and this is something in the works, and we, might, we, we, we are considering if we do something like that. Are there any supplements that you particularly, um, you know, recommend with this? Um, you know, for instance, I know that there are some really interesting, you know, uh, supplements they call like fasting mimetics off the top of my head. I'm thinking like spermidine is one that's, uh, grown in popularity. Uh, you know, they, there's a number of trials out there that show that it can induce, um, autophagy and, and really mimic a lot of these fasting benefits granted, you know, I don't know how well it does if somebody's eating like a standard American diet and taking spermidine, but you know, if you're trying to do maybe something like a fasting mimicking diet, or you're eating maybe more keto or paleo, uh, you know, it seems to be there's some evidence that it can definitely help turn on some of those same mechanisms. Yeah, great question. And, and the science of spermidine and autophagy is coming from Frank Medeo's lab in Austria, which we, we have big respect for. And they, um, they actually are in the market under, uh, I think they call the longevity labs. Um, mm -hmm. So we actually talk to them frequently and we, we're, we're waiting for them to you said they have great science, which is true. A lot of preclinical work. We're waiting for the clinical, the human trials to be completed and see if, uh, if the same effects happen in humans. And if they do, then we'd be to recommend or partner, which actually would actively, would actively considering. But today we offer two types of supplements, part of our diet, which is one is a replenishment micronutrients. And the other one is, uh, uh, is an omega just to, to give the right oils, which they don't interfere with, uh, with the, with the fasting or the nutrition pathways. And do you, do you have people do anything like as far as their own tracking, you know, with like a blood glucose monitor? Cause I know a, a big selling point of that is 
is really the, the, the individuality with a lot of these different foods, you know, um, just cause I don't know your, your menu off the top of my head, you know, I'll go back to the nuts, you know, like everybody has a certain glycemic response to, to something like walnuts, you know, some people walnuts, that's like completely stable blood sugar. Some people, their blood sugar goes crazy with walnuts. So, you know, how do you account for, for those sorts of things? Yeah, um, and, and that's the beauty of a prolonged fast of five days. You're right if it was like, you know, one meal or one day or, or a replacement of a, of, a, of a meal. When you go and we've, we've tested, we have, we have over 14 clinical trials on the fasting mimicking diet. When you go over five, four, uh, over five days period, the, you, you, you can see fluctuations on the first two days because the same apply that, hey, what if you, ha- you are a 250 pounder versus you're a 160 pounder? You know, one gets into fasting faster than, than the other one. Well, your age, your rate. So that's, again, that impacts, and we talk about intermittent fasting, gets an autophagy the first few hours. But when you go five days, you're going to get into it. You're going to get some people a little bit earlier, some people a little bit later, but it ends up working for most. And you're you're talking a lot about um, autophagy and, you know, hey, this is this is the point kind of where we can induce autophagy. In your clinical trials, what exactly are you measuring, um, you know, to show that your diet is effective? Like, are you able to measure autophagy in humans? Or um, I know you're talking a lot about weight too, um, but are you also able to measure different markers as far as like, I don't know, cholesterol levels, blood sugar, because of course these things play into like these lifestyle, you know, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, these sorts of things. All of the above, plus ketones, plus IG, IGF and IGFBB1, and plus insulin, and plus we have, so it depends on the objective of the trials. We have multiple trials. Some of them are purely metabolic that measure what you mentioned and focus more on the weight and the blood pressure, et cetera. Others are more cellular, and, and we have trials on cancer and trying to look at immune activation with cancer, trying to look at what we do in cancer cells and, act, and, and autophagy and all of that. Some of them are more on... Um, autoimmune or immune system where they look at the activation and the healing of the damaged organs. So depending on the objective of the trial, but what you, all what you mentioned in, in, in many more, the, the, um, you can find it, the, uh, the trials published. And, and because of the credibility in, in all of our trials, we do them at university-based, third-party universities. Um, they get published in Cell or Science or Nature, the top three scientific journals of the world that actually 2020 and 2021, we had four articles in Nature. That's the number one science journal of the world. And, and if you publish in Nature, you're, you're a big disruption. So just in, in, in the span of 16 months, we had four articles there. I'm not going to go into the details because there's some health conditions there that we test on, and I don't want to look like claiming a product on sure. a health condition. So I'll be, I'll be silent, but everything you said, and way, way, way more than that, and you can go and read these articles. Are you guys at all doing any promotion of, you know, certain supplements that someone like David Sinclair is a big fan of, like the NMN, um, NAD, NR, uh, resveratrol, anything like that? Because, you know, his big claim to these is that these are uh, longevity promoting nutrients. You know, most of his trials are in um, mice, but, you know, he has a lot of hope for these to extend lifespan in humans. So I'm curious if you guys implement anything like that. Yeah, this this goes back to, if you remember when I mentioned my story, I was like, should I go with the pill and longevity or should I go with nutrition and longevity? And, mm-hmm. and, and obviously we track those very, very closely. 
and and have big respect for uh, for Dr. Sinclair, and actually is is a is a is a, is a is a friend to 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 Walter myself, and and we we track those very closely. Um, the the we haven't outspokenly had a decision to support or onboard or recommend because again going back to we're not part of the biohacking industry we're part of the technology industry on nutrition and and longevity and and like you said it pretty well you have a lot of articles on NMN now preclinical and the, the the first clinical one on safety just got published uh, last month actually but we haven't seen any efficacy on longevity or longevity correlates in humans yet. So there's a high promise and probably there will be some effect. But as we said, if you're going to take these pills every day for the next 30 years, you better also not have any side effects that can curb your longevity. So there's a lot of excitement. We actually are leaning on a positive side, but there's two things we would like to see a good human trial that's showing that it's going to impact your longevity. And it doesn't have to be a 20-year trial. There's correlates of longevity. And number two, is it fully safe, be it the NAD+, plus, be it the NMN, be it metformin, be it rapamycin, the repilogs. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great, exciting um, uh, the, the, the molecules being being tested. The Buck Institute is testing another, you know, alpha glucuterase. So there's a lot of interesting ingredients and there's a lot of excitement. I think $800 billion 2020, 2021 went into the research for trying to find the longevity pill. And, um, and so there's a lot of excitement, but again, um, and, and we have two, two parts of our brains at Alutra. There's the, the biohacking consumer uh, longevity lifestyle medicine, but there's also the, 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 the standard ways to protect people because the last thing you want to do, Eric, is to blow something up, and this happened a little bit with keto. Keto was so big, and now a lot of the science say, hey, it's not for everyone. Some people are actually getting damaged by that. So the last thing you want to, same thing with the protein industry. Everyone is on high protein in the 90s and early 2000s, and then sorry, it was behind increasing IGF and cancer, and it boosted cancer globally big time. And and you say sorry after, nobody to blame because everyone playing the game, and, and, and we don't want to be in that. So a lot of respect for all these things. Great that they're being going through trials. We're waiting to get the results and after we'll give an opinion. Yeah. And I think that's a great answer because, you know, um, I'm always very skeptical with a lot of these, uh, supplements, you know, especially considering like I have a whole channel dedicated to supplements. Um, I see how, how wild they can get. Uh, and you know, the, a lot of them are, I don't, I hate to say it's not snake oil, but it's the sense of like over promise under deliver. And I always say this, like, every supplement has a benefit. You know, you go to a GNC, you go to a health store, you go on Amazon supplement section, every supplement you're going to say, this is for weight loss. This is for, um, you know, cholesterol. This is for brain health. This Everything has a supplement, uh, a benefit. So why not just go to a GNC, throw your credit card down and go, give me one of everything, spend, you know, $5,000, walk out with a giant shopping cart full of supplements and take one of those pills every single day. Would that make you healthier? No, it'll probably make you sick. Uh, it'll probably make your health, put your health in a much worse place. Um, so at the end of the day, 
the supplements, the pills can only do so much. You know, if you're eating McDonald's every day and taking NMN, uh, you're probably not going to live longer. You're probably gonna live a lot shorter. Um, and nobody's doing a clinical trial on somebody not changing their diet and taking NMN, you know, you would have to do it with somebody who says I'm dedicated to longevity. So I'm going to do something like a fasting mimicking diet or, uh, you know, uh, like a, a healthy Mediterranean ketogenic type diet. Um, and I'm going to take resveratrol and I'm going to take, you know, uh, rapamycin or whatever. So, uh, there is a lot of context that gets lost in the conversation for sure. And I go back to something I mentioned is that food is the only product is the only pill we take every day since the day we're born to the day we die. And we take it four times a day, three times a day. Right. And so, and, and it was a big choice for me because I was coming from biotech. I was from mainstream medicine. I could have gone pill and it had a lot of the companies that you hear about in the pill and longevity industry pitched me to be lead the CEO of air. And I had Dr. Longo in USC on the nutrition side. And it was like the, the safest that we know we put in our body is food safe as me. It could be toxic, but something that's social, we can work on improving and adopting. Number two is the only product, as I said, that we take every day. If you think the most powerful pill, the biggest signal you can send to your genes every day, epigenetics and how you read your genes and how you behave is food. Uh, I mean, the environment, of course, the stress, of course, the sleep, of course, but these are temporary. The food is, is something you put in your body as a product, willingly so every day for every day of your life since the day you're born today. So it must be one of the biggest signals of, of longevity. A lot of people believe in pills, that the pills will create magic and they, they would do on one pathway, one receptor. So the best way to drop cholesterol, you, you get a statin. You, you know, you need much longer with food, but with that pill, you have side effects and, and you impact the liver, you don't impact other organs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so, hey, are we gonna get to a longevity pill Let's hope for it. Uh, are there a lot of shots at the goal? Yes. Are they increasing by the day? Yes. Every big billionaire in San Francisco is putting money on, on, on that as well. And, and we hope for the best. But until we see the best, we're not going to say jump on it uh, for, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but, but hey, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of great potentials there. And one last thing I want to ask you, you know, kind of in, uh, with your program, have you guys done any clinical trials or any research looking at the impact of a fasting mimicking diet on something like sex hormones or, or thyroid function? Because for as much as, you know, people love talking about fasting and all the health benefits and autophagy, um, you know, just in my own personal experience, working with people and even in myself, I noticed that, you know, when you start going into hardcore calorie restriction, you know, there is a, there is in a negative impact on, uh, for men, testosterone, especially, you know, I know a lot of, um, guys who do, to, uh, do these, uh, you know, hardcore fast, not fasting mimicking, but they do, you know, regular longer fast and their testosterone is just in the can. And a lot of women dealing with, uh, you know, hardcore thyroid problems who, you know, they're, they're in their twenties and thirties doing some, some fasting, intermittent fasting even, and they're having some issues with that. So I'm curious if you guys have, have looked at that at all. We did. And what you just mentioned is critical because going back and, and I'm going to keep mentioning the same, go back to science and do whatever is studied. And you're right, you confuse, but you confuse two, two you, you mentioned three things that, as if they're, they're the same. Intermittent fasting, you mentioned calorie restriction, you mentioned fasting making diet. There's a reason why we picked five days only of fasting making diet. So fasting 
comes as a stress to the, to the body. And actually the first reaction is a tone up, is a tone up of uh, hormones, is a tone up of muscles. So that's the benefit part. And then if you go along, you go on depletion. So you're right, chronic calorie restriction is, 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 decreases actually hormones and, and you start losing muscle and you start getting the depletion of the bones. The intermittent fasting and what we studied, the fasting mimicking diet, we're showing actually that we protect lean body mass. You know, uh, 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 it, it, it so happened that two weeks ago, we published actually protection of lean body mass in one of the top European journals. And uh, we measured testosterone and, and the female hormones and, and they stayed the same before and after. So part of picking Y5, not 10, not 30, not 60, and, and, and is exactly that, is in five days, so it go, it's, it's very simple, right? The, the, you go back to the example of the CEO who needs $2 million. If you tell him you don't have $2 million for this month, he's going to go and, and do his best reshuffling the company. If you, if you keep him with no money for six months, he'll go bankrupt. So it's not just testosterone goes down or the fear you know, is your bone density will go down, is your muscle mass will go down. But on the short term, he's super excited. He'll fix the company. So the best thing you can do at company, actually, when the company is making money and hiring people left and right and investing in 60 projects and donating left and right, you come and you tell them, hey, we're under financial constraint on the short period of time. They're going to go and actually fix it. And then you bring it back money and it flourishes in a much better direction. And that's the fasting mimicking diet. It's a five. It's like taking the, it's like taking the the Formula One car or the NASCARs to the pit stop, and it's it has to be fast. It has to be effective. It has to rejuvenate the car and put it back on the track. Mm -hmm. You stay longer, you lose the race, and and you have or you stay longer on track. You have tra you have fatigue, and you lose the tire, and you'll. Uh, so we studied specifically to get the positive early adjustments of fasting without paying the chronic calorie restriction. Your right calorie restriction leads to depletion. And fasting mimicking night is not a calorie restriction. It's a five days mimicking of a fast wide feeding you. That's awesome. I, I love, I love that way of putting it. It really contextualizes, uh, you know, kind of how it works. Cause again, like we think fasting, we think, Oh my God, I'm going to starve. Or, you know, when someone hears fasting mimicking, um, it's difficult to kind of put that into a frame of mind where it makes sense, but the way with the CEO and even like the car situation, um, the, the race cars, I, I think that is a really, uh, a really simple way to grasp this concept. And, um, again, you know, the book, uh, by, by Walter, Walter Longo goes into detail. It, it's a great explanation of how it works. Um, I definitely would love to reread it again, uh, yeah. just to, to grasp these concepts and, um, it makes the longevity diet. And uh, I always have a copy here behind me, uh, as you can see it. And, and I think it was published in 2018. It was, I think, Amazon's top seller. But um, these concepts, there were concepts, a lot of them, and probabilistic things. Now we have them in clinical trials, and they're, they're proving the, the – uh, it's a great read. It changed my life, changed the lives of, you know, millions who read it. Um, I definitely recommend that people take a look at it. It's not only fasting, but it's also how to eat every day to live a healthy, long life. Yeah. And the fact that the, what your company's doing is you're basically like making it so people can do this diet. Cause again, like when it comes to diets, that is the most, that's that, that is the biggest hurdle for people is, is how to actually do it. And you guys are literally delivering the products to people spread, you know, with the, with the directions on how to do it. So it's, it's really fail safe. It seems like. Well, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. And just to clarify for everyone that that's exactly the mission is to put Prolon, the fasting mimicking diet, or the passport in the hands of people. Uh, the founder, Professor Longo, he pledged to donate all his shares, 100% actually. Uh, he doesn't take a penny from us 
to the Create Cures Foundation. So this is truly a mission for USC and for the founder to build the company to get the products in the hands of people and use most of the uh, profits to give it back as donations to, to the Create Cures Foundation. That's awesome. That's so, that's so cool to hear. Um, well, Dr. Joseph Antoon, um, I think we could wrap it up here before we uh, head out. Um, is there anywhere that the listener viewer can go to learn more about El Nutra, about you, if they would like to connect with you, follow you, follow what El Nutra is doing, get signed up on your program. Where is the best place for someone to go? Yeah. I mean, the, the website is l l for longevity nutra uh, com. Uh, we're on social, whether it's Alutra, whether it's uh, the products, Prolon, Fastbar. We're launching the one-day reset uh, first week of February. A lot of people want to do the one-day uh, fasting mimicking diet. You can follow me on social, um, Joseph Anton, I'm, you know, on, on, on most of the platforms. You'll find me right away. So uh, please do. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link all that in the show notes when we release this. Dr. Joseph Antoon, again, thank you so much for joining me on the Holistic Nootropics podcast. It was truly an honor to speak with you. I enjoyed it, Eric. Definitely. And listener, viewer, if you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe, leave a comment down below on whatever you're listening to this or watching this on. And for more on all things Holistic Nootropics podcast, head on over to holisticnootropics.com. Until next time, peace. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootropics.com.